Welcome to worship. Those who sit in our midst, those who will be watching this video uh, afterward online, a word of welcome also. So, here we are, the third Sunday in Lent, and it is significant that Passover is approaching. You'll hear about it in today's Gospel reading, and it's a reminder to us about God's liberating ways. Now, Passover, the tradition, as you know, goes back millennia, and the church come lately in the last few hundred years, decided to set aside the third Sunday in Lent as a Rejoice Sunday, Lateri, if you like Latin. And that is the call and the summons to the people of Jerusalem to rejoice because God, in fact, is present and is continuing to be active and liberating in our world and in our lives. So those traditions blend a bit today as we gather. Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. The Passover was near. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. The disciples remembered what had been written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Religious leaders said to Jesus, What sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And his opponents answered, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The gospel of our Lord. Won't you be seated? Grace and peace to you. So what's Jesus' problem? I've heard this story a time or two. I'm practically a lifer in church. Some of you are too. And you probably have heard this story more than once. 
I happened to read an article just this morning that introduced to me a notion that I hadn't thought about. What if Jesus' actions in the temple were premeditated? That he didn't just blow his top. I mean, it takes a while to make a whip out of cords, doesn't it? It would take, I mean, I don't know. But it tells you that there's something else going on here other than Jesus having a bad day. Jesus' grievance is not with the faith of his mama and the faith of his ancestors. Jesus' grievance is not with the temple. His grievance is not even that there are animals in the temple. I mean, the way temple was carried out had been carried out for millennia. Jesus had come to worship. It's the coin. It's the coin that's the problem. Pastor Jason Micheletti, Micheletti, sorry. He's a United Methodist pastor who has written a bit on this, and he offers this interpretation that a Roman coin is an invasion into the temple. Consider that, that yes, Rome would like to get their little cut of whatever proceeds come from temple worship, but that's not the half of it. Whose image do you see on this coin, Jesus once asked people? Whose image indeed but the emperor Caesar? Caesar, not exactly a duly elected leader of the people. Caesar cast as the very embodiment of God. The one to whom you look for your life, for your well-being, and who claims over all subjects in the empire the powers of life or death. It's the coin that's the problem. That the world's way of governing that the empire, like a weed, has crept into the temple life. And I think the greatest insult of all is that insinuation that it is the emperor who is the embodiment of God. That's why John tells the story first and not last. Because if you go back to the prologue a couple pages in a Bible, you will read that the word, the essence of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Spoiler alert, not Caesar Augustus. Jesus. That's the issue. That's the problem. But Rome's, shall I say, meddling doesn't start there. It doesn't end there. Throughout history, God's partner people have faced temptations of throwing in with different military and government leaders from other empires. 
And God, abounding in steadfast love, continues to try to call the people back home to their own identity, their own faith, their own traditions, their own roots. And here is Rome with that blasted coin with Caesar's face on it. And what is the fate of the temple? Well, Rome has not only insinuated itself into temple practices for a long time, within about 40, 50 years, they decide to level the thing altogether, reduce it to rubble, never to be rebuilt again. If you're the first hearer of John's gospel, you're probably among people who have a significant crisis of faith. Where do we find the presence and glory of God when the center of our community, when the center of our faith, the locus of our devotion to God has been ransacked and destroyed? Evidently, God finds a way because God's partner people, the children of Israel, continue through many things to have a tradition of faith. They're still here. A rabbi friend of mine tells a joke about the festival of Purim, which is that rehearsing of the tale of Esther when genocide was at the door. Here's the joke about Purim. They tried to kill us, they failed, let's eat. God finds a way, even with the destruction of the temple. But this same Roman Empire, they're not too keen on Jesus either because he does offer a whole other way of being. And we know what happens, cross shape, <laughs> to people who mess with the empire. And our Easter proclamation boils down to this, that despite that, God finds a way the empty tomb is God's finding a way that there may be continued life, there may be continued liberation, that God will continue that eons old project to restore all things. Jesus' confrontation in the temple, it is a Lenten story, I suppose but it is our story. Just as Passover is our story. Just as Easter is our story. It is the story of a steadfast God, a God abounding in love, a God who is about liberation and who isn't shy about sending Pharaoh or the emperor packing. Thanks be to God.
Thank you.